Okay. What is happening, ladies and gentlemen, off internet and podcast land? We are Mike and Kristen, and this is episode 24, and we are so glad you are here with us in your headphones. Or loudspeaker. Loudspeaker. Maybe we're in a loudspeaker somewhere. Maybe someone's, maybe we're being played at a concert. Remember in Columbia, the truck that used to drive around with the loudspeakers (laughs) on the roof that was selling steel? No, he was picking up steel and old appliances. Yeah, so you could put an old washing machine out by the side of the road and this pickup truck would go around. Like you could hear it coming from five kilometers away. There was like a, it was like this really fast, it was like a circus song that was like sped up, like. Super fast, like, and that was just blasting. And then there was like a guy yelling in Spanish, so I couldn't make it out. And he's like, and then I'm like, what the hell is going on here? And someone's like, oh, they go around picking up old steel and appliances. I'm like, what is the guy yelling? Like, give us your washing machine, give us your fridges, come on, give us any steel you have in your yard. But we, it's brilliant marketing, really. Imagine if we just drove around in our car blasting <laughs> some type of, you know, slogan or tagline for our businesses. People don't do that around here. But it was just so intense. And he's just picking up old appliances. I'm like, I just wish that the English version of that existed. And now we have to do that. Now we have to do that. I don't know if that's the most lucrative career picking up old washing machines and stuff no no we i don't think we'd pick up washing machines we would just use that for a new kind of marketing yeah like get off facebook get into your car with your megaphones yeah yeah Yeah, it was so loud like the first time i heard i think you were somewhere else and i heard it the first time and i was trying to describe it to you (laughs) like well it's really loud and it it was for over like a 45 minute period because he's driving on a dirt road from five miles away and you can hear him in i guess 10 miles in both directions uh so yeah and then we make lists of things that were steel that he might possibly be saying over the loudspeaker (laughs) (laughs) give us your old guitar strings so if you want to blast us through your speakers yeah yeah i'm sure i'm sure it's been blasted in a few concerts up until now. Yeah. So speaking of concerts, you've got one this weekend that you're playing. Yeah, I got a songwriter circle on uh, Friday. Uh, it's going to be super fun there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Brightwood Brewery for Huff, Halifax Urban Folk Festival. Then I go to Lunenburg, the big rock show. Town Heroes are playing with a band called Caribou Run from the South Shore, Nova Scotia. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of... Uh, and a summer bash, I guess. Nice. Good way to round out the great summer that we've yeah. all been having. Yeah, hoping to see a lot of friends there. and Great uh, venue, too. Yeah, really cool spot on the water that I uh, never played at but heard amazing things about. And Lunenburg's just a, a cool town. And you got a lot of things on the go, too. I got shows. You got some an art sale happening. Yeah. I got a 25% off sale on my website. I've got a Woo! live painting tour coming Woo! up this fall. That's all on my social media does, if you want to check that out. How and does that work now? So I've asked people around Nova Scotia if they have any suggestions for places I could travel and paint outdoors, ideally. So you're kind of, I'm kind of want to capture an inspiring landscape or maybe a historical site. 
I've had some really cool suggestions so far and places I haven't been before, which was really what I was looking for. So I'm going to kick that off early October. And I just released a new collaboration with my friend, Jessie Dunleavy, who does nice. uh, illustration. So she's kind of done some artwork over top of my fluid paintings. And I love how it looks. She's amazing. So yeah, lots of lots of fun things on the go. Yeah, this is uh, fall is kicking in, but uh, it's it's still really nice. And I'm excited for, for what's to come. Yeah. And we had a book reading this weekend at the Flying Apron Inn and Cookery in Somerville, which was very unique. Yeah, they uh, they have a really cool spot there. Some of the best food I've ever had, actually. Some of which you made, actually, yeah, this we did weekend. a cooking class. Never did anything like that before. And I would recommend doing a cooking class to other people. It's a good time. And the, the meal at the end, you're, you're making it yourself, but ultimately you're just just listening to exactly what the chef says. So Following directions yeah. from the experts. So at the end, you have this amazing meal that you cooked and you feel pride from cooking it and it's better than anything you ever made before mm -hmm. because the guy guided you every step of the way <laughs> the flying apron has a bookstore as part of their business model and we left some books behind yeah. and uh today we decided we'd actually share another chapter from our audiobook yeah uh this is this is the first chapter in the book and it's it's all about uh, us eloping in Jamaica, and I guess the re one of the reasons we want to do this, talk about this, is because a number of people asked us how we did elope, and just in conversation it comes up often, and they asked, well, when we got married and all this, and we said, well, we got eloped, and like, oh, how did that work? I had someone reach out recently on Instagram asking about basically just how do you elope. So aside, yeah, and we're this is a question we're asked fairly often, actually, it, yeah. and it, it's kind of presented like, so you guys eloped, did you? <laughs> like, just this curious question about what does that mean about you? And every single person who didn't elope, who actually had like a big, big wedding, uh, and we tell them we got eloped, they're like, oh, that's what we sure did. Yeah, like it's always hundred percent of the time. Yeah, it's never been like, oh, you guys should have had a big wedding and spent fifty grand. Like, if we had a huge big bash wedding that was that we won or didn't, you know, we didn't have to pay for it. Sure, I, I'd we're be just down. too cheap. Well, yeah, it just if to us, I guess, felt like yeah, we'd rather spend the money on our own travel or other priorities, but. Nonetheless, we wanted to share this uh, audiobook chapter, and I love that this is the opening chapter because I feel like it really sets the tone of our book, which is travel and relationship, and this is kind of both. Yeah, and it kind of shows who who we truly are, uh, each of us on our own, and uh, it's this one's written from my perspective, so you're going to hear my voice reading this chapter. But uh, I think it, it showcases who we, we are as individuals and, yeah, sets the tone for what's to come in the book. So uh, here it is. Uh, we're going to come back and chat all about it after you hear this. Woo, woo. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by Bello Day Spa, owned and operated by Carrie Faulkner. Carrie is a master esthetician with clinical training and years of experience in helping her clients feel their best. 
Bellow's uniqueness shines in the one-on-one client services and Carrie's sweet personality will make you feel immediately at ease. Bellow Day Spa occupies a space in the True Salon Suites on the Bedford Highway, offering all services from brow waxes, dermaplaning, facials, peels, and everything in between. Carrie will make sure your visit is the most relaxing and pampering experience you can share, even for a brow wax. Contact her today at bellow.day.spa on Instagram. Just married. What about that guy standing in the water? Kristen suggested. The drug dealer? I asked. I guess he did look capable. He had hands and wasn't violently shaking. Two of my top three criteria. He had to be a bit of a go-getter, too. It was 7 a.m. and he was already in the water trying to move some dope. That was the kind of man I wanted. I woke at 6 a.m. Kristen was already up and said we should get married now. I agreed. We hadn't really told anyone other than our parents, close friends, and travel agent. Rumor was that we might get a free bottle of champagne if she told the resort. We wanted it to be simple. No senile old relatives inadvertently speaking aloud their mildly racist thoughts about our non-white friends. No drunk uncles challenging people they don't know to arm wrestles. No barely touched plates of food that we paid $50 a head for. And no moms swooning over weird looking babies that actually look like the predator. The goal was no headaches and no thinking about any decision for more than the length of a Super Bowl commercial. We got showered and cleaned up. Kristen thought about doing her hair fancy, but with the humidity and fact that we'd be half drunk and lying dancing poolside in a few hours, she said, fuck it. Twenty minutes later, we walked along the beach until we found a tree we both liked. It was a little sideways, but it had leaves and wasn't rotten, so it met our standards. With the morning waves lightly crashing and the sunrise lighting up the world with a perfect hint of all the right colors, five years to the day we met, we stood under the crooked tree, said our vows, and exchanged rings. Our rings were made by a hipster Venezuelan art student with three fingers. We didn't specifically go looking for a cool three-fingered South American ring maker, but we were glad that's who we found. Kristen wore a dress she got at Value Village for eight ninety-nine. She had ordered another that didn't come in on time, so bought this the day before we left. She wore her muzz, pearls, lip gloss, and sandals from Old Navy that someone had left at our house and were chewed up by a dog. I had a white dress shirt. Pants I was calling dress pants that would likely fail dress code at any bar that sells more than beer and hard liquor, Birkenstocks, and a bear tie. A bear tie is a tie that depicts scenes of bears doing general bear activities. This was an exceptionally good bear tie. Travel tip! Travel with clothes that you're not attached to. If you spill a bottle of mustard on yourself or forget the t-shirt that you took off to swing above your head when Groovers in the Heart came on in a bar, you won't be upset. If it's valuable to you, leave it behind. We kissed under the tree and both smiled. Our hearts gushed and the feel-good chemicals in our bodies flowed uncontrollably. We needed to capture the moment. We needed to be able to return to this feeling, this beautiful aliveness, anytime we wanted. We need a picture, Kristen declared with excitement. I agreed. This was the happiest I'd ever felt. I wanted the moment solidified, a definitive snapshot of who we were and how we felt. Who can take it, I asked. He'd been there the entire time, eyes slightly bugging out of his head, a modest smile somewhere between maniacal and lovable. His skin was oily, not in the good, I'm lubed up and working on my sweet tan kind of way. He was greasy because he was a greasy human, 
Sickly Thin probably owned at least two Insane Clown Posse albums, and it appeared as though a colony of birds were nesting in his matted hair, preparing intently for a change of seasons that never comes. I'll go talk to him, I told Kristen. I don't know the exact legalities of selling drugs at resorts in Jamaica, but it appears that if you're ankle-deep in water, all is good. I walked towards him, a man who undoubtedly had the good stuff and would soon be offering it to me. Halfway towards him, I turned back and looked at my wife for the first time. Her blonde hair waved in the slight breeze. The sun bounced off her shiny white dress and she glowed like the sum of all my best dreams put together. I'm a lucky fucking man, I thought to myself. There was a little back and forth about drugs, pills, and whatnot, but in the end he seemed flattered. He stepped out of the water and came towards us. Kristen gave him her phone and he snapped away. The pictures turned out about exactly the way you'd expect if you hired a Jamaican drug dealer to be your wedding photographer. Sixty percent had his thumb in them, a few were just close-ups of Kristen's breasts, and his concept of framing was akin to a child trying to decipher ancient Egyptian hieroglyphs. But the moment's there. Our faces the tree, the feeling. That's all that mattered in the end. We thanked our personal Robert Frank and he went back to the water to try to make some early morning chatter. He said he'd see us at the pool later, that he was a lifeguard there too. I saluted them and knew that we were in good hands. Our wedding meal was the breakfast buffet. We loaded up on bacon and had dessert before 9am because it was our goddamn wedding and we could do what we wanted. We played ping pong, drank crazy coconuts and swam in the ocean. For a reception, we found a band playing on the beach and pretended all the songs were for us. That night, we went to a French restaurant and held hands under the stars. It was the perfect day in every way, for us anyway. I knew that a million adventures lay ahead, that our love for travel, our like-mindedness, our shared mentality to do things inexpensively or be cheap bastards, some friends may say, and desire to do it all our own way would lead to a life we both wanted and needed. It was the start of it all and I couldn't wait. We've got to dig up the photos that they took there. We're often asked for these photos, and (laughs) we have maybe three bad wedding photos, and even those, I don't really know where they are. (laughs) Isn't that terrible? The funniest thing is, and this is another chapter later in the book, um, one of the pictures that uh, they took there's, I think we're in like a pavilion or there's some beams there and you can see the water in the background and I didn't notice it myself, but there's a little dot on the water and it, it's a boat, like, like a boat <laughs> in the water in Jamaica is not an uncommon thing. But when we came back and, uh, we wanted to show your grandmother, babe, the, the pictures, the, the shitty pictures we had, we right. <laughs> Because like, oh, she's going to love this. This will make her day. and Yeah, seeing what we wore and where we were. Exactly. And then we showed her the picture. And the first thing she says is, is that a boat out there? (laughs) Like, what? I'm like, basically get a a freaking micro, no, what do you call it? Magnifying glass. (laughs) Magnifying glass. Microscope, I almost said. Get a magnifying glass to look at it, this tiny dot. I'm like, well, I I, I guess that's a boat out in the water in Jamaica where boats often go and are there 24-7. But anyway. That was a very nanny question. Yeah. Yeah. And then she never made a comment about anything else. She was like shaking her head like, a boat yeah in the water maybe that was a case of if you don't have anything nice to say 
refer to the boat in the background. I think, well, I guess she was in the the later stages of her dementia Yeah, at that point. She and just thought it was a really nice boat. Yeah. Yeah, which maybe it was. Couldn't, couldn't believe it. But... Anyway, the, the back, back to her. She didn't emphasize on our sweaty <laughs> <laughs> value village outfits that we had on. The my frizzy hair, no makeup. Hey, my bear tie. Yeah, you still have that, I right? I still have the bear tie, of course. Yeah, I still have the dress. I noticed the other day, though, that because I have my dress hanging in my art studio and I got paint on it. You get paint on everything. I know. I'm going to do a reel sometime of all the places around our house that have paint on it, which is every every room for sure. You've never got paint on anything that I own, though. <laughs> None of your clothes. None of my clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I have to buy all of Mike's hoodies because I ruin them. Like, we might as well just buy one set of clothing that we both wear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I put on a whatever sweater that I wear all the time and like, oh... <laughs> I like I like this new look the the pink paint on it's the abstract. sleeve. Yeah. What I was hoping would happen. Mm-hmm. Back to our elopement. Yeah, <laughs> we did fall in love. So we eloped five years to the day that we met. Yeah, which I thought was kind of romantic. Yeah, we met on February sixteenth, and because you booked me to play a show on few days notice when another band backed out because they got a better gig. Mm-hmm. In the coldest day of winter. Coldest day of winter. I walked in, snot dripping down my face, red as a beet, and there you were. Mm-hmm. Five years later, we said I do. Yeah, on a beach. and It I was get- a good reason to escape Nova Scotia in the winter. Yeah. And we try to always go away if we can uh, at that time of year now, which is... Which is amazing, because that's the heart of winter. February 16th, it's pretty much the coldest day of the year every year. Yes. The the next year, we didn't go away. We went to... uh, Went to White Point, I think. Someone gave us a a gift card for there. Yeah. So, like, a couple nights, which was an amazing gift. Uh, And while we were there, we got snowed in. We got hit by a nor'easter, and that's just the... The cold, stormy time of the year. And then we decided that we would go away somewhere warm. Save enough money. <laughs> From then on. Yeah. But we've had people ask, like, how do you do this? How do you elope? And a lot of travel agents or resorts will help guide you through that. Like, you can even go on a lot of the websites for resorts and they'll have elopement packages. And that's anything from having uh, a minister or a, a priest of some sort. I don't know. That, that conducts the ceremony for you. You can hire a photographer. You can have a special meal. Like there's different levels of packages. Yeah. We, if we're being honest, didn't do any of that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Back to being cheap. But we we did stay at a five-star resort in Jamaica. Like that's where we splurged is we went to this beautiful place. We wrote our own vows. Um, we uh, yeah, Hopefully <laughs> I hired a, a writer to write mine actually. Well, you you are a writer yeah. and had beautiful vows. Yeah, and we took our rings with us that we had made by an artist here in Halifax. She was a student at NASCAD at the time that we helped design the rings. We had our cheap clothes. Uh, you yeah. had your famous bear tie. Bear tie, legendary. Yeah. I had ordered a dress and it didn't come in on time, so I just 
I, me too, bought up something cheap yeah. and took that down with us. But like you said earlier, there's all those packages and ways you can go about it, but you don't have to do anything like that. And that's what we decided we want to do. We wanted to just do it 100% our, ourselves. And that doesn't legally marry you. Like in our elopement, we weren't legally married, but we we said our vows, exchanged rings. We got the drug dealer to get the photo. And in our eyes, that's us being married. Like February 16th is our anniversary. Exactly. That's the day we recognize that we got married because we did. We didn't sign a piece of paper in Jamaica that day, yeah. but who cares? They call it, when you do it like that, they call it symbolic, symbolic ceremony. Yeah. And we, yeah, we later, it wasn't until July, we actually signed the papers. Yeah. And, and so when that happened in July, we'd been home for a few months. We had a justice of the peace just come to our backyard and had a couple of our friends come over and they were witnesses to us kind of doing this more formal thing. But we were just sitting around in a semicircle and yeah. uh, did paperwork, really, was all that involved. So not super romantic, but we were legally married July 25th. 25th, which which is our cat George's birthday. Yes. We celebrate the 25th as George's birthday, not the day we were legally married. So cause... the first five years of our marriage, we both forgot about our legal marriage date because it just didn't matter. Yeah. And then we got George, who we knew was born sometime in July and decided that we would make it a shared celebration <laughs> yeah. day so we would remember both. But yeah, I think, I think a lot of people are get caught up in like the the legal aspect of it like well we have to be legally married if we're going to on this particular day if we're going to do it this way but that's that doesn't really matter at all like whatever you decide to do is fine yeah and we we chose to be legally married eventually uh just for the sake of whatever pros and cons are i suppose to being legally married but we we did choose to eventually be legally married on in july and then in august august 5th we had kind of just a celebration with all of our friends and family but the after party of a wedding yeah yeah and that was what your mother and grandmother all got married on that day right yeah, my mother, grandmother, and great-grandmother great all yeah. got married on August 5th. That's kind of the only tradition that I know of in my family and wanted to honor that. So we chose that day as our Canadian anniversary, which we recognize and celebrate that day, yeah, too. Yeah, we celebrate twice a year, which, I don't know, maybe we're being a little greedy to 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 make two posts online a year. Hey, it's about, our wedding. About our love. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, just... And some people, yeah, want to get better photos than we got or want to have a special dinner made for them. Um, I guess it comes down to what you really want. but And you can get those things, like you said. You can pick some easy, small packages up to probably something fairly fancy. But ultimately, no one has to be there. You can have people if you want. Weddings are, of course, very personal and yeah. customized and People have different ideas of what will make them happy on that day. So, yeah. of course, by all means, do that. It's really, there's just been a lot of curiosity about what eloping means and looks like and what's the process behind that. And 
it sounds like there's a lot of nuance in that too. I, I see a lot of photographers around Nova Scotia who are photographing elopements. So people are doing it more and more. And yeah. probably during the pandemic, that was the height of it. And yeah, there's amazing ways you can just go to the shoreline with the justice of the peace. And maybe you just want to invite a friend or a family member. You have you have total control. Yeah. And the party that we had in August, what I loved about it was it took all of the pressure off of, I don't know, keeping your guests waiting or stumbling over your vows, like any of those anxieties that you might have on your wedding day about things going wrong was like, well, who cares? We're just here to hang out and have fun and party together. Yeah. And that was that was a really special day, too, because I, gu- I guess we did like we didn't want to have the big wedding, but we didn't want the party. Just <laughs> leave it to us. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, we didn't care about whatever being in a church or having a big buffet. We did have good food like we, we had it catered. Um, but ultimately, at the end of the day again, comes down to who you are, what you're looking for, and that can be as simple or complex as you want it to be. And we, we'd we rather spend the money on on a trip or on whatever. The money and the experience itself, I think, yeah. was more aligned with who we are. Uh, I'm laughing, too, because I remember on our wedding party day, so that August 5th date, we had asked a photographer friend of ours if... He could capture a few shots, which the ones he did were beautiful. But you and I hardly saw each other that night. Yeah. So because so many of our friends were there that we hadn't seen and we maybe crossed paths a couple of times. So we had the drug dealer photos in Jamaica. And then there's one picture of us <laughs> together. <laughs> and from I have the a August shovel, night. don't I? You're holding a shovel from when we hit the pinata. And I had drank at least two bottles of wine. So my eyes aren't even really open, though I look like I'm having a very good time. <laughs> and I, I had sprained my wrist by that point. Yes. And we have glow sticks around our neck. Yeah. So those were our two wedding photos that we had done. <laughs> when uh, we went to hit the, I went to hit the pinata, my father was holding, holding it on a rope and I had the blindfold on obviously. And every time I swung, he'd pull the rope so the pinata would go up and I couldn't hit it. And I didn't know this was happening. And my dad was the happiest he's ever been in his whole life with everything. Every time I swung and missed, he just got happier and happier. Most memorable Dougie Ryan day that I know of. And then eventually I just friggin' like, how am I not hitting this thing? Because I I leaned forward, like I touched the thing with the shovel. I'm like, okay, it's right there. I swung and missed. I'm like, what's going on? And then I took like the biggest swing I've ever took of anything in my life. And I fell down and sprained my wrist. Oh, Yeah, so you went to bed that night on our, we'll say our wedding night, you went to bed with a sprained wrist, and I think I passed out in our hallway on the love seat. So that's how that night, it was a blast. Like one of my favorite parties I've been to. Yeah. And a positive thing, going back to the lack of photography we had, we've told this story and we've had guests on uh, our friend Aaron Bulger and Steph McNamara, who are both photographers, who... When they heard this story of our elopement, were just, you know, appalled to think yeah. that we had no pictures and offered us 
the most incredible photo shoot that we possibly could have and yeah, we gave have, us this gift of <laughs> we have the best wedding photos ever. Five five year anniversary wedding photos, yeah. I guess, ever. Like they look like they're from a magazine. So all of that to say your special day can look however it wants to you and for us it's been kind of yeah five year now journey of things are still happening for us because we chose to do things the way that we did in the first place and that's the way it should be for everyone you know do it do what you want to do and do it your way and the great thing about doing it that way you do save a bunch of money and that seems to be the biggest regret from people is having a big wedding and spending a pile of money on it mm-hmm. and not getting anything different in the end like you're you you're, still wake up the next morning just a old married person huh yeah <gasps> so we we saved not that we would have had like a if we had a wedding i'm sure we wouldn't have spent our life saving i think anything, you still but, would have worn the bear tie had we had a oh, classic wedding i'll yeah. wear that to every big event <laughs> be buried in my bear tie well, if anyone has questions about elopement, we're not experts, but we have done it. That was our experience. I would do it again if I had to choose. I would recommend this way. And we're still married and in love, eh? Still there. Look at us go. Look at us. Uh. Well, this is a quick and dirty episode, but that's kind of what we were wanting to share today yeah. was just some insight on this aspect of our life and how we've come to find ourselves here. And we've got a bunch of a uh, bunch of guests to come up uh starting next week. We have a big big run of them happening. Yeah, we we had a run of guests and then we thought we'd do a couple episodes with you and I and now we're going to go back into guest mode. Yeah. And if you have any questions at all, just shoot us a message and we'd love to chat. And if you have any ideas for what you want us to talk about on here, there's another message we'll, uh, we'll get at it sounds great okay buds have a great day 